Welcome into the Vandy Sports Post Game Show alongside Joey Dwyer. I am Billy Derrick, and uh, thank you all for joining. We are live here in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, at a Legacy Stadium, where Vanderbilt has just lost to Wake Forest, thirty-six to twenty. And Joey, we're going to get into it all, um, but real quick, initial thoughts here after we've spoken to Clark Lee and uh, you know Bradley Ashmore, Jalen Mahoney. Uh, has your opinion of the, of how this game went down changed after 30 minutes of, of thought? No, I think it was about as disappointing of a day as it could have been for Vanderbilt football and all those surrounding it. First, the rain delay, and then what we saw after the rain delay. And even before the rain delay with A.J. Swan throwing the pick on the first drive, that was kind of a microcosm of Vanderbilt's offense throughout the day. It kind of beat itself. It didn't feel like Wake Forest's defense was all that great, but Vanderbilt's offense really just – kind of kept giving Wake Forest opportunities and taking opportunities away from itself. A.J. Swan obviously had the two picks, had a pick on a two-point conversion as well, and then the punt return really kind of sealed this one in my mind. Um, just having Will Shepard drop the ball like that and muff it kind of felt like a little uncharacteristic of him, and that's kind of how I knew that Vanderbilt was off today, and Vanderbilt probably wasn't going to win this game. Felt like what a story about how Wake Forest is a comparison point. I think we'll talk more about that, but it's kind of the same program. We're in kind of the same kind of area as Vanderbilt wants to build in the end zone of its stadium. And it feels like Vanderbilt was kind of edging up on Wake Forest, but proved to be the same story as last year. And Vanderbilt still is far away from what Wake Forest is as a team. You look at Wake Forest sideline, that's a team that knows how to win. It's disciplined. It doesn't beat itself. It makes everything difficult on you outside of that fumble at the one-yard line. But Vanderbilt really – didn't feel the same way. I feel like it gave away a lot of possessions, didn't value those possessions, made a lot of mental mistakes, made tackling mistakes. Vanderbilt had a tough time and really didn't prove that it had an identity in Wake Forest all day showed that it had an identity. Yeah, I, I agree, Joe. And before we get to a lot of these comments and questions, you know, we're going to try to try to get to as many of your questions and, and uh, you know, bring up your comments as well. So if you're watching live on YouTube, Type in a question for us. Type in a comment what you thought after today's game. Of course, a lot of disappointment. Uh, and, and we're going to – I know I saw a comment about talking somebody off the ledge already. So uh, we'll uh, we'll try to do that. But, again, our sponsors today, four sponsors for, for the first two post-game shows. Uh, they've been great partners for us. Uh, the Wash House, of course, Dirty Laundry. You ever need uh, your laundry cleaned and you don't have a ton of time to do it at home or whatever, go to the Wash House, one of the best – uh, places in Nashville, uh, washhouseclean.com. Sutherland and Belk as well. Um, I mean, they, they've been the longest run in Vandy Sports sponsor. Uh, so don't forget to reach out to them if you're ever in, in trouble in, in a car accident or whatever it might be. Hopefully, we avoid that on our drive back. Um, Murfreesboro Pure Milk Company. I could, I could use some ice cream right now. I would love some ice cream, Billy. Joey, I, would love I, it. I mean, I, I could really use it. A little parched right now. It's not too hot, but I would, uh, I'd kill for some ice cream. But Lastly, Mater Nexon Government Contracts Group, um, one of the best in the business. So, again, thank you to all four of those sponsors uh, as well. Joey, real quick, kind of my initial thoughts. I know you gave yours. The keys to victory were win the turnover battle and get at least three, maybe four sacks on Mitch Griffiths. Well, they didn't win the turnover battle, and they were only able to sack Mitch Griffiths twice. Both of them were C.J. Taylor. Right. So none of, you know, Darren Agu didn't have a sack. Devin Lee didn't have a sack. There were no, you know, front seven guys that had a sack. I guess you would call CJ Taylor a front seven guy, but you know, they just could not get consistent pressure 
on Mitch Griffiths. They were not able to make him uncomfortable. That's what you know Luke Wyatt talked about. That's what Norman Jordan talked about this week. They just were not able to frustrate him enough and make him uncomfortable. Or there were a few plays, but nothing consistent. Also, Joey, they were 0 for 2. I think it's actually 0 for 3 by the end of the game. The last one was in garbage time. 0 for 3 on fourth downs. So Wake Forest was able to stand tall on, on a lot of those fourth down conversion or fourth down attempts uh, for Vanderbilt, which were huge, especially those first two. Uh, Vanderbilt not able to convert on fourth down. They were 5 for 10 on third down, 50%. I mean, it's not terrible. It's not rock bottom, but you know, you'd like to see that a little bit better, maybe upwards of, you know, 60, 70%, maybe even 80%, right? You're there's a lot most games you go five for ten on third downs, it's gonna be tough to win that game. Uh, I thought Wake Forest imposed their will on the ground in the second half. Um, I just thought they, you know, they looked at Vanderbilt's defense, especially in the fourth quarter, and said, you know, they're gassed, sort of like Vanderbilt did Alabama AM. They just sort of run, ran it up their throats. AJ Swan. Joey, uh, he had over 300 yards for the first time in his career. I, I thought he made some really, really good throws, but the bad throws were really, really bad and very costly, right? The first interception reminded me a lot of Mike Wright's interception against Wake Forest last year, where you just, and I know you weren't covering that game, but anybody that remembers that game knows what I'm talking about. It just halted any momentum you might have had, killed the drive. Well, that wasn't even really a drive. It was the, what, second play of the game? Uh, yeah, right before the rain delay. Yeah, third, I guess, second or third play of the game. Um, and so you just you can't start the game like that. I know it didn't really affect the flow of the game much because they had a rain, you know, lightning delay, which I've I've already forgotten about. It feels like it's been a long day. Um, also, Joey, London Humphreys, I thought was a bright spot. You know, I know there's this is there's more negatives to get to after this game, but I thought London Humphreys having over 100 yards on, on only four catches was impressive. He's going to be a really talented player. Um, Joey, we, we talked to Coach Lee, right? And again, I'm going to get to some of the comments and questions, but what we've been doing for these post-game shows, we've, we've gotten to initial thoughts, and then we'll, we'll get to a lot of comments and questions. And we, and we do have a lot, so stick with us. We're trying to get our thoughts out right now, and then we'll get to a lot of your questions. But talking to Coach Lee after the game, you know, I asked him, could this be a wake-up call for the team, right? Could this serve as a little bit of a wake-up call? He said, I feel like today can serve as a good wake-up call for our team. But on the other hand, I asked the same question to Jalen Mahoney. He said, no, we're, we're fine, right? You know, nothing about a wake-up call. We're fine. We're just going to get back to the drawing board. You know, I, I know corners like B.J. Anderson and Tyson Russell can play better. You know, he said he's seen them make those type of plays. I thought that was interesting, Joey. Coach Lee said, you know, this could, this could really be a wake-up call for us. But Jalen Mahoney says, no, no we're, we're fine. We're, we're good. We know what we're capable of. Right. I think that was more of just – Maybe them not being on the same page. I think Jalen Mahoney wanted to say that, hey, we were prepared for this game. We we knew it wasn't going to be easy, but it is interesting to think about. I tend to think Clark Lee is more correct. This team probably did need a wake-up call a little bit, maybe not to the full extent of what we're thinking, but it feels like this team did need to be punched in the face a little bit and really hasn't been punched in the face throughout a lot of this season, and I think that's a big issue um, that this team hasn't really responded well to when it has been punched in the face. We talked about that pregame, learning how to win is a real thing, and I know people hate to hear it, but this team has to learn how to win, and we saw it today. Wake Forest is not all that much more talented than Vanderbilt. That's a good Vanderbilt team, you'd think. But Vanderbilt didn't make enough plays down the stretch. Vanderbilt didn't do the little things well enough. Vanderbilt beat themselves today in a lot of aspects, and that can't happen against a team like Wake Forest. The margin for error, a lot smaller. Clark Lee mentioned that as well. Vanderbilt has to win in the margins. Was far from that today. And uh, 
learning how to win is going to be the next step for this program. You see the talent. We've seen it all fall camp, the, fall, the talent. You have a freshman corner starting, and he might be your best corner, although he had some struggles today. You have London Humphreys, a freshman, making all those plays. Will Shepard is going to be an NFL player. Jaden McGowan looks dang near an NFL player right now. There's good players all over this roster. There's a four-star quarterback who has immense arm talent. This team hasn't beaten a whole lot of teams like this, though. They won the two games last year, but it's a wake-up call. It's not going to be easy, Billy, and it has to do the little things well, and it has to find a way to win. Even when it gets punched in the face, even when it's down, I'm not sure it knows how to do that yet. And you mentioned knowing how to win in a shootout. I'm not sure Vanderbilt knows how to do that either. The defense got a lot of flack today, and rightly so. But also, Vanderbilt has to be able to compete in a game like this with its offense and stay in the game. Yeah, the, You know, the defense, I thought, I'm not going to say played well because, you know, they gave up 288 rushing yards, right? There's room for improvement. But I told you this in the booth during the game. They've been, they, they were put in bad spots the entire game. And again, I'm not trying to, you know, be Mr. Positive here and stick up for them. But I do think the offense, the offense didn't put them in great positions and they didn't play complimentary football. Clark Lee talks about that all the time. You know, the defense would get a stop, but the offense wouldn't carry that momentum or the offense would score a touchdown and then the defense would go give up another long play. So they have yet to put four quarters together. They have yet to play complimentary football on all three phases. And when we see that, this is a good football team. We, we've said that before. Clark Lee has said that. The team knows that. But quite frankly, Joey, they haven't played good football. They have not played well. And I know that sounds simple, but that's the fact of the matter. And Clark Lee said it after the game. He said, we are a good team, but we have to play better. And again, I feel like I'm speaking to a brick wall here, you know, to like a second grader, you know, after his peewee football game. But honestly, like, I, it is that simple right now. If this team can find a way to eliminate these these costly sloppy stupid mistakes they would they were in this game i mean they were in the game right dave clausen i watched his halftime interview they you know he said this this has been an evenly matched game but the turnovers were the difference so the turnovers of course were the difference as as i mentioned earlier but joey also and again i want to get to some of these questions but the offensive line has to be better as well i thought they were a little bit better especially in the run game I don't know if you have the stats down on how much how many rushing yards they had. It's like 87, okay. 90. Something like so that. obviously not not good enough. Um, I, I just thought there were certain plays where they 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 play they performed better as a unit, you know, in the run game. But Bradley Ashmore, and and we're gonna release this on, on our YouTube channel here uh, after this live, but he said the offensive line performance today was poor, you know, and they prob they feel bad about it. You could tell he said it was poor. You know, we, we were bad today. You know, we have to be better, and they want to be better, of course. I'm sure they will be better for A.J. Swan. A.J. Swan needs a little bit more time. I thought he was uncomfortable at times. Um, now, he he does a good job of of sort of masking a lot of the O-line mistakes where, you know, he steps up, rolls right, rolls left, feels the pressure. He does a good job of that. But, you know, you got to give him a little bit more time. You saw a lot of plays where Mitch Griffiths just had all day, and that's the biggest difference, I think, right now between Vanderbilt and – you know, a Wake Forest or a Missouri, a Kentucky, the teams that we think they can beat, the offensive line has to be better or they won't beat those teams, right? So I wanted to throw that out there. Right, and you mentioned Bradley Ashmore. I want to talk about this before I talk about the O-line. Bradley Ashmore is one of the leaders on this team, and the fact that he was as vocal about saying, this is really poor performance, we have to be a lot better than this, it's a good sign. Jalen Mahoney as well. There's accountability in that locker room, and there's guys who are leaders who are willing to show that accountability and – kind of lead by example in that 
So I think that's a positive, but right, I think have to be a lot better, uh, especially in the passing game. I think the O-line struggled a little bit. The running game, I think, was a little bit better. Patrick Smith had a good day, and I don't know if we noted that yet. Uh, he was probably their best back today, and he I think did, that's yeah. what they thought all along. And also, it was interesting, Cedric Alexander got the second series. Chase Gillespie didn't get a whole lot of time. Mm-hmm. Alexander wasn't awesome today, and I think there were some spots where maybe Gillespie could have mixed in a little bit, and they could have had a kind of three-headed monster rather than the two-headed especially on the goal line when they got stopped on fourth and one. Alexander ran it twice. I think he'd be better off trying to sneak it with Swan there or punch it in with Gillespie, who's a little more physical than Alexander. But it's encouraging to see Alexander play. The holes were there a lot of the day, especially early for Alexander. I felt like they were there. And then Smith was able to make some plays in space. That doesn't happen if the O-line doesn't do what it did a little bit, though. So I think the O-line took a step forward in the run blocking, maybe not quite as much in the pass blocking. It wasn't awesome in either. But it was a step forward and a little bit encouraging. I came into this game thinking maybe they'd get kind of dismantled up front, especially with some of the blitzes that Wake Forest likes to run and some of the pressure that it likes to have and the fronts it uses. Solid day for the O-line. Could be better. That's not the position group to blame, though. There's a lot of uh, a lot of blame to be assigned here. I don't think the O-line is the number one culprit here. No, and Joey, I think as a team – and this is the last thing I'm going to say before we get to questions or comments, and I'll let you kind of get a last thing out before we get some of these questions and comments. It feels like this team through three games has been lackadaisical at times, right? Careless. You know, they, it almost feels like they, they know they're a good team, but it's like they're, they don't have to put the work in to go win the games, right? And I could be wrong, and I'm not saying that's every player, and I'm not saying it's 100% all four quarters of these games because they have put together really nice quarters, you know? And even today, I mean, second quarter, they that was a little bit of a shootout. I mean, you know, you, you saw what we saw, what we expected today. But there's so much still left out there for this team. They haven't. Let's face it, through three games, they haven't played well. They just haven't. And it's it's weird because you know what this team is capable of. I mean, Chris and I at fall camp all year, we knew, you know, we said this team can do some things, right? You know, maybe they don't get to a bowl, but but they are a good football team. And it's been really confusing. I'll I'll, I'll just say that. I think it's been confusing because we know what this team is capable of. The fans thought they knew what this team is capable of the coaching staff knows it you know it's it's there the belief is there but it's like they just expect it to happen Clark talked about you know we have to be aggressive we can't play on our heels you know we're not good enough to play on our heels for half a game and still win you know you saw Georgia Missouri last year Georgia played three quarters on their heels just kind of sitting back and then in the fourth quarter they turned it on and they were able to barely win Vanderbilt can't do that against anybody. Maybe Alabama A&M, and that might have happened. Um, but they can't do that. They're not there. And I feel like a part of this team thinks they're closer to that level than they are. Right? And again, this is just an observation of mine that I've noticed. But a, a few words that come to mind, lackadaisical, careless, um, and just confused. I because I, I know this team can be better. I saw him in fall camp. Another guy is AJ Swan, right? His highs have been very high, right? He's thrown six touchdown passes to Will Shepard, 
right? You saw the beautiful throw out there to London Humphreys, but his bads have been real. His lows have been really low, like super low. And, you know, the interception today, you know, two interceptions today, actually, were costly, right? And so he's got to be better. The offensive line has to be better. We know about the secondary. I mean, you know, that was B.J. Anderson, Tyson Russell. They were guys that struggled, but we know that group has struggled, right? We're not, you know. Marshall Heitner for a touchdown, too. Exactly. So, and again, I want to throw that out there, too. We've seen a lot of fans clamoring for Martel Height or Trudell Berry. This is simply an inexperienced group, right? I know Anderson and Russell are older, but let's face it, it's tough for them to compete down in, down out with a lot of these good receivers out here, especially against a Wake Forest team. So those are my final thoughts. I know we got some questions and comments to get to. Joey, any any last uh, last words here before we get to questions? Yeah, I don't know if it's as much lackadaisical. It's just the team didn't have the energy you would think coming out of the interception, coming out of yeah. the rain delay. I wouldn't say – I wouldn't put a label on it, but it wasn't what I was expecting. I thought that interception would have kind of woken them up and – Real, made him realize, hey, that they are a good team and we have to bring it. And it really didn't seem like that for a lot of the first half. Vanderbilt was solid for some of it, but made a ton of mistakes. And I think that's the thing is just consistency with this team. This team hasn't consistently got the results throughout the year. It's consistently shown flashes. AJ Swan is the prime example of that. Will Shepard's an example of that. But Will Shepard had a drop today on second down that would have moved the chains, I think, and then had the muff punt. So even Vanderbilt's best players are still making mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes, but you have to find a way to bounce back from them. And Vanderbilt, I'm not sure, has really mastered that yet. You saw that with the basketball team. I hate to bring that up, but they got punched in the mouth early in the year. They didn't know how to handle it. They didn't know how to win. Later in the year, they kind of figured out how to weather that storm. And that could happen with this team too. My concern is, does that happen too late because they're going to play against – Auburn and Florida, and those are going to be have to be the winnable games. South Carolina is going to have to be the winnable game. I don't know that Vanderbilt has enough on the schedule to learn how to bounce back from that and still make a bowl game, and I think that's the goal. That's the sign of progress is showing that you're good enough to make a bowl game and you're good enough to take a leap in year three of Clay's tenure. Hasn't happened to this point, though, and I think the margin of error is a lot smaller now that you lose this game. Joey, you want to pull your phone out real quick to, to read some of these questions and comments? Um, we'll, we'll let Joey get his phone. Again, this is kind of you know moving on the fly here, live uh, from the beautiful Legacy Stadium, as you can see. I think this is a facility that Vanderbilt probably envisions uh, for themselves, and we are actually in the end zone. Um, I'm going to let you read these off as we go. We're actually in the end zone that has been recently renovated, so it's beautiful. I almost wish we were down there so they could see this, but it's a beautiful facility. Um, Joey, let's get to this first one. Brian Johnson, he says, Chris and team, please talk me off the ledge. And Chris is not here. I'm sure we'll get you'll get Chris's opinion um, on the Wednesday podcast with, uh, with Luke, Chris and I. But Joey, let's talk some fans off the ledge. <laughs> right? Funny, there's a ledge behind us. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll physically move off the edge too. But uh, no, Joey, I'll say this. The silver lining to this game, I think, is that last year, you know, this program proved that they they can get better as the season goes, right? This season is not lost, right? They're they're two and one. 
I know Hawaii, they didn't look great. That was week zero against the run and shoot offense. And, you know, they found a way to beat, which, you know, I think is a good Hawaii team. Alabama AM, they got it done. You go on the road to play a Wake Forest team in year 10 of, of Dave Clawson, you lose by 16. Okay. Right. I mean, this is, there are three games in. The season is not lost. And so I think, Joey, they can, they can do something like they did last year. Right. But next week is, <laughs> next week is critical. Right. And I expect this team to respond well because it's the first loss of the season. You know, they're coming off a loss. They have all week to stew on it. You know, they're going back on the road, you know, and long flight out to Las Vegas. So talking you off the ledge here, Brian, they've done it before. They did it last year, right? I mean, think about how down you were, Brian, about this team after the South Carolina loss at home last year. You know, sitting in that stadium saying, we can't tackle and we're not getting pressure on the quarterback. What, you know, what's going to give here? Well, they go on the road, they beat Kentucky after a bye week, and then they come home and beat Florida. So the proof is in the pudding that this program can do it, right? They can, they can win games like that. But as you said, Joey, to get to a bowl game, you lose this one, it makes it a little bit tougher. So, Brian, I'll admit it's hard to talk you off the ledge right now, but the silver lining is that they've done it before. It was last year, right? And I think they can do it again. I think the number one thing I point to in terms of talking you off the ledge, and I'm not Chris. Chris has been around for a while. Maybe Chris is a little too skeptical to talk you off the ledge sometimes. But I think this team is maybe even more talented than it was last year. Maybe the most talented team Clark Lee has had. And that's kind of what I point to if I'm looking for optimism. Also, there's winnable games on the schedule. Not every team is Alabama and Georgia in the SEC this year. They don't play LSU. They don't play Alabama. Mm -hmm. So there's winnable games on the schedule. Auburn's a winnable game. Florida's a winnable game. South Carolina's winnable. That team's really up and down. Uh, Billy, there's one other SEC game, Mizzou, that I think is winnable. Probably one or two more as well. Kentucky. Kentucky, Kentucky they could go get. Yeah, so Vanderbilt has a chance, and its playmakers have to make plays. And we've seen them make plays before. So there's flashes of this team and what it could be. It just has to put the whole pizza together, and uh, we'll figure that out moving forward if they can do that. But if I'm trying to talk somebody off the ledge, I'm pointing to the talent that this roster has, not only a quarterback, not only a receiver, but all around the roster. You have, like I said, Martel Height as a freshman is already contributing. You have London Humphreys contributing as a freshman, and maybe them playing as freshman doesn't say great things about the rest of the position groups, but there's a lot of talent on this roster, all up and down it. It's just about putting it together. You want to get to the next next question, Joe? Yes. All right, David Beckham said, did the small things poorly and had some big plays that kept them in the game, just the opposite of what Clark Lee talked about all week and all season, really. I guess it's not a question, but Billy, take it for me. Yeah, I mean, I would agree they did the small things poorly, small things like catching a punt and not fumbling, right? That's a small, usually easy thing to do, but Will Shepard had Tyson Russell blocked into him. And Clark explained that. I thought it was a good question. Uh, I think Andrew Wilf asked it after the game. Tyson Russell was pushed inside. He's a, he was the, one of the gunners on the outside. He was pushed inside on that on that punt and basically blocked into Will Shepard. And as Will caught it, he ran, you know, had I mean he just ran forward and tight, you know, Tyson was getting blocked into him. So, you know, 
again, I hate blaming it on Tyson. It, it's hard to do that. Obviously, that's on Shepard. You got to hold on to the ball, right? At, at the end of the day, I, a little bit of, of it is on Russell there. You know, being more physical, not getting blocked into, you know, into your punt returner, right? So that was a small thing they did poorly. Um, had some big plays that kept them in the game, though. You know, and, and, as uh, as David says, had some huge plays. I mean, the Jade McGowan early in the game for fifty yards. Will Shepard two touchdowns in the red zone. You saw what uh, Junior Sherrill could do on that little, um, you know, tunnel screen there. London Humphreys as well. Patrick Smith, a couple of big runs. They had, they did some things offensively, right? They could have ran the ball a little bit better, I thought. But they had big plays, like like he said there, Joey. Just the opposite of what Clark Lee talked about all week and all season, really. And and I agree, David. I mean, coming into this game, the bottom line of this game is they didn't do what they had to do to win the game. They didn't win the turnover battle, right? I know they created the fumble there, C.J. Taylor. But you had to create multiple turnovers, right? You had to turn Wake over. You had to make Mitch Griffiths uncomfortable, and they didn't do that. They only had two sacks, and they were both from C.J. Taylor. So without C.J. Taylor today, it might have been ugly. Um, so I don't know if you have anything to add there, Joey, but you know, I know we've got some more comments. No, I think that's good. I don't think Vanderbilt did the little things well whatsoever. I think Clark Lee would not be happy with what happened, and he wasn't happy because of I mean, those things. And also I think it's worth mentioning, another thing he mentioned was not giving up explosive plays. Vanderbilt gave up, Vanderbilt gave up 15 quote-unquote big plays in the scorebook, which is all plays over 10 yards, or over 15. I think it's 15. Might be right, yeah. So that's a problem. And also Vanderbilt overcorrected a little bit by trying to kind of rule out the big play. They got beat up on the ground against a team that's not overly great on the ground, ran for 98 yards against Elon. The track record wasn't there for Wake Forest, and Wake Forest completely beat Vanderbilt up on the ground, which I think is something we have to mention as well. Yep. Knox too tall said, Brian, I was going to say the same thing. That game was so bad, and uh, it's hard to disagree. Sebastian Bronner said, we failed in all three phases of the game today, which resulted in very poor play, defensive tackling, turnovers, offensive play calling, immaturity, and big moments. I think that one's certainly something to note. He said he still believes in Clark Lee, though. And I think there's reason to still believe in Clark Lee and his vision for this program, more on the big picture side rather than a game-to-game basis. I think Clark Lee has shown reason to believe in him and his vision got to start proving it in games like this and they did a little bit last year but it's got to be more consistent at this point i agree joey and i think i noticed that in this game late in the third quarter vandy's down 27 14 but they're still clawing back they are battling back they don't convert right here behind us at the one yard line right cedric alexander wasn't able to get in so they had a chance to cut it to a one score game they don't but they go back on defense. They let Wake Forest drive all the way down. You saw that 70-yard run from um, Taylor, the running back, is it Corny or something? Yeah, um, yeah I mean, he what a day he had. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, what a day for, for DeMond Claiborne as well. I mean, they, they just ran the ball so well. But on that drive, they get all the way to the one-yard line. C.J. Taylor forces a fumble. Right. And you start to sense a little bit of belief again, right? I know I tweeted Vanderbilt. They're not dead yet, right? They can go down, have another chance to cut it to a one-score game, right? So I sense that today, Joey, that this team, they don't give up. They don't know how to give up. They're, they're never going to give up in a game. Uh, you saw it last year at times. 
I thought you saw it today. And again, I'm not trying to be Mr. Sunshine Pumper here, but you 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 hinted at a reason to believe in Clark Lee. I think the players play for him. They believe in him and his approach and all the other coaches' approach to to coaching, right? Co- developing talent. And I thought today was was a good sign, at least late in the game, that I thought it could have gotten ugly, Joey. I really did. I thought today could have gotten really ugly. But Vanderbilt, in the fourth quarter, you could argue was still in the game, right? Um, now, not winnable at least late in the fourth quarter but you know hanging around still fighting so i think that says something that they didn't just give up and lay down um as well so wanted to get that out there right and i think the defense has should be given a lot of credit for how it responded to adversity you said earlier they put in some bad spots the first drive they were on the field wake forest had the ball what at the 15 yard line the 10 yard line and vanderbilt held them to three before the half it felt like this game could have got out of hand with vanderbilt turning it over and Wake Forest having the ball with good field position. Vanderbilt holds them to a field goal and they miss. I think there was another example. I think it was an interception where Vanderbilt held Wake Forest to a field goal as well when they got the ball in the red zone or near it. And then obviously the fourth and one, Vanderbilt was really in a position where if they didn't get that stop, this game was over in the middle of the third quarter. It was 34 to 14 if that touchdown happens. And Vanderbilt gets a stop, turns it over. And obviously that's on the running back a little bit as well. Uh, not finishing the drive there, but that was a 99-yard drive, and Vanderbilt really bent and didn't break there. Um, so I think that's something to be proud of, but also that's why I gave the defense a C- minus rather than a F, be- just because it made some timely plays, and it's done that all year, even in Hawaii. It did some good things in timely moments. So I think the defense has some positives, but obviously not a complete positive. And also a positive is getting Darren Agu back, David Beckham, said we got a goo back today but i think who we really missed was christian james bad day for the defensive line <clears throat> i agree the defensive line got pushed around all day and it shouldn't have got pushed around against a team like that the pass rush wasn't there the only way they got pressure was by sending guys even with Darren Nagu, who made a play i think didn't he bat down a ball yeah i i think that's i think that's a problem and, and i think it's gotten worse throughout these first three games um against hawaii they really you know they really weren't able to pressure shager you know, it was better against Alabama A&M, but that's Alabama A&M. And this week, you know, it didn't improve. I expected with Darren Agu coming back, you know, Wataha moving inside, Devin Lee's still there, right? You've got some guys there that have done some things. They were just – they were extremely quiet today, though. And, again, credit belongs to Wake Forest and that offensive line. I thought their offensive line was really physical. Credit to, to Wake Forest, their offensive line, their running backs – you know, they took advantage of Vanderbilt giving them the run lanes and they saw something in Vanderbilt's defense and they kept going at it. So credit to them, but the defensive line has to be better, right? You need, you can't go games against SEC teams without Devin Lee having a sack or Darren Agu having a sack coming off the edge or DeCosmo or whoever, right? Vanderbilt has to rely on a guy like a CJ Taylor to get a sack. You saw last week Jeffrey Hugo come in and get a sack, you know, off the safety blitz. You cannot keep relying on that. You have to find a way to get pressure on the quarterback, and that is concerning to me, right? That has to change. I have a feeling it will. Um, they got a couple of really good coaches right there on, on the D-line, but in SEC games, you have to find more ways to get pressure on the quarterback, and we'll see if they will. Yeah, I think the defensive line was a group preseason that I was pretty high on. Chris was pretty high on in the spring as well. It's just a group that – 
was a lot deeper. And obviously they've sustained some injuries, some things have happened, but you expect them to be better, especially with being having the label of being deeper. Darren Agu, I think, makes a difference. Didn't make as much of a difference as you would have hoped today. And I think it was unfair to put some expectation on him as being yeah, the yeah. savior, which I don't think we did. Yeah. But also you expected something. You expected right? something. Yeah. He made it one he made play, a, yeah. but it's about it. Wataha made a play on the inside, at least forcing uh the quarterback out of the pocket, but Really not much to note, and especially in the run game, I think it was poor. Let me find a new one. Uh, Clay Phillips said, still a way ways to go beating good teams. Uh, he said, turnovers killed Vanderbilt. Agree. Moving on. Yeah, I agree, Clay. Uh, and again, Clay, thanks for the comment. Um, yeah, great guy. Clay is right. You know, the turnovers, and I said that, right? If Say Vanderbilt doesn't turn the ball over. Right, say they play a clean first half, they might have the lead going into half or tied. You know, you're not trailing by 10 going into the half. You're certainly not, right? I mean, those 10 points were because of the turnovers, right? The the muff punt and the interception. You know, those caused 10 points. You take away 10 points. And again, hindsight's 2020. It's not always e- as easy to say that. But Clay, you take away the turnovers. I think this is a different game. Um, and again, you can always say that. What was the first part of his comment? Uh, he said, still a way of ways to go beating good teams. Yes. So that's a good point, Clay. They've still got a long way to go in terms of beating. Wake is a good team. And again, I know they showed they could beat good teams like Kentucky. I don't know about Florida. Florida was okay last year. Um, they still got a long way to go in beating good teams like this. Like a, a Dave Clawson coach team who's been here for 10 years. He's got a strong culture established. I thought their fans were were pretty good today. Not a um, no, not, <laughs> not a sellout. I thought the home side was decent. Um, and, of course, the delay uh, impacted that. I thought their fans were into it. They built a nice little culture here that I think Clark Lee really um, envies, right? And they have a ton of respect for each other. But I think these are good games to have against a program like a Wake Forest because you really learn a lot about yourself. And going forward – you know, you got you got this game on film before you actually play a league game. So I think that's big. I, I agree with that, Clay. You want to switch? <laughs> Let's switch. <laughs> Joey, Joey's sick of reading these comments. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Um, we need to read that one. Knox too tall. Um, Knox too tall. Hit that like button. Yes. We drove seven hours. Hit the like button. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Clay Wake Forest has been winning for five years in year 10 of Clawson. Patience is a virtue for what it's worth. I agree. Uh, Clay also says Nick Howell, awful defensive coordinator and DBs can't cover consistently. We've talked about the DBs. I I don't think we really need to, you know, talk. We we know, we know what they are uh, struggling with. The right pick was awful. And that was also my first thought, Billy. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the mic we, and Joey, I want to say this too. You know, we came into this game, and I heard a lot of talk about this, at least for me mentally. I was convinced A.J. Swan was not going to make a throw today like Mike Wright did last year. I don't know about convinced, but I was fairly confident that a mistake like that early in the game might not happen. But what do you know? The his first Was it the first throw of the game? Uh, yes, I believe so. First throw of the game is a brutal interception. And you're like, Oh, no, here we go again. So, yeah, it, it, that was awful. Um, let's see here. 
Seth Saban, do we have an update on what's happened with Prince Kali? I think that's a guy they, they would like to use. Again, we, we don't know. Um, he's he's unavailable. He's 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 injured. Um, again, to what the extent of it is, um, again, it's it's unknown. But you know, I think I think at least looking forward, you could maybe see him next year. Yeah, I think next year is probably the more likely outcome. Maybe he plays four games as a special teamer this year, and that's about it. I think they like what they have in terms of linebackers. And Prince Colley, if he came back today, would probably be a little buried on the depth chart. I don't even know if Prince Colley was here, Billy. I didn't see him. Uh, I didn't either. But I think Colley's a little little behind the curve. He came here late. uh, He's dealt with some injuries. uh, I think Harkley said at some point in a presser. So, Prince Kali, I think, is a little behind the curve. And even if he is completely healthy at some point this year, probably not going to be a, a rotational linebacker. I think he has a ceiling to be a tremendous linebacker for Vanderbilt. Probably not going to help him a whole lot this year like we thought, though. I think he's had some setbacks. And obviously, um, just coming into a linebacker room like that is pretty difficult with that depth. I think that's the position group you feel the best about coming out of this game. Uh, it's just the linebackers. Obviously, Dericky Wright's somebody to note as well, but Vanderbilt – in the linebacker room doesn't need a whole lot of help, it feels like. And Prince Kali, why rush him? Joey, we've also got uh, Clay saying, how many Mason guys are still around? That's a good question. You may not be the best you know, right. gauge of that. Right. Um, I don't know an exact number, Clay, but I know B.J. Anderson is a Mason guy. Ashmore. Uh, Bradley Ashmore. Uh, Nate Clifton, I want to say, is a Mason guy. Um, let's see. Of course, Ken Seals. Um, I think it's a good question. And again, I don't know where you're trying to go with that clay, but I I think a lot of the Mason guys have stuck with Clark Lee and have developed under Clark Lee, which I think is a credit to Clark and and saying, you know, having guys that were with Mason, but wanted to stick with, with coach Lee. So I I think that's something to be said there. Patrick Whitlock, great comment here. They went at BJ Anderson, every third down play. I thought that was a, I thought that's a good point. And that's very accurate. I mean, especially in that first half, they noticed, you know, B.J. Anderson early on was not able to cover their receivers. He, I mean, plain and simple. And they and they attacked him. And, again, that's, that's something they have struggled with consistently, and we know that. So that's why we haven't harped on it. I mean, it's like beating a dead horse at this point. Um, but, yeah, and credit to Wake, that's, that's what happens. You know, maybe you get away with stuff like, with plays like this against Alabama A&M and Hawaii. But you're not going to get away with weak secondary play against a Wake Forest. You're just not. Right. And I think the concerning thing, obviously B.J. Anderson has had his moments throughout the year, but it felt like he was maybe the most steady. Montel Height graded the highest last week out of any of the corners. Anderson was second. I think Anderson was fine uh, at some points against Hawaii. So he felt like maybe the constant in that room. He was going to get beat once in a while, obviously. He's not Jalen Ramsey, but he's a guy who – it felt like it was kind of the reliable veteran corner that they had. Tyson Russell hadn't been quite as good. B.J. Anderson felt like maybe a little more stable, and he was the guy they picked on today. Martel Height also got burned. I'm sure Tyson Russell didn't have an awesome game either based on kind of how Wake Forest was able to pass it. Trudeau Berry had almost targeting call. So it feels like uh, Vanderbilt. There's two new areas of concern for me. I was obviously concerned about the corners. I'm more concerned about B.J. Anderson now than I ever was, though. And also the run game. Vanderbilt was able to stop the run at a pretty high level in this first two games. Obviously, consider the opponent. Hawaii has a really good running back, though. Vanderbilt was able to slow him down. Actually, most of the yards came from its other running back. But getting burned like that on the ground today is a huge problem, especially 
paired with poor secondary play and no pass rush. What do you have defensively going for you besides having C.J. Taylor and Dericky Wright? And Dericky Wright's not even fully healthy. I don't know what Vanderbilt has going for it besides it making timely stops and having those two stars. Not much else at this point on defense. No, the margin for error is still very small. Clark Lee said that after the game today, and we've said that all year. The margin for error is still very small for this team. Patrick, uh, great point there about Anderson. Uh, Hunter Daniel chimes in after that and says, so let the young kids learn and play. Our starters, especially BJ, is abysmal. I see where you're going there, Hunter. But again, Martel Height also had his fair share of struggles today. He's playing a lot. Yeah, he's playing a lot. You know, he's looked good. But guys, Martel is a freshman. You know, I've heard a lot about, you know, Clark Lee playing a senior over a talented freshman. Well, we've seen the same sort of things happen. Like Martel Height got um, – got caught in the end zone over you know today you know corner of the end zone um so again i i think it is a cornerback position overall weakness right martel height's a freshman trudel barry is a sophomore that didn't play at all last year right losing jadis richard was you know brutal that he was going to be a starter this year he probably would have struggled at times too it is hard to play the corner position every corner in the country struggles at times right they have bad games you know, who knows? B.J. Anderson could bounce back next week. Jalen Mahoney, after the game, said he's seen B.J. make those plays. He has seen um, Savion Riley make plays. He's seen Martel Height make those plays. There are plays out there to be made, and a lot of it with Jalen, I agree. It's 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 game three. So, again, I, I see what you're saying there, Hunter, um, but it's that's not it's not always that easy to to play the younger guys instead of, you know, because it always looks like, oh, look, Play the younger guys, right? They would do better, but that's not always the case. Right. I feel like I'm picking on Martel Height a little bit. I think Martel Height's their best corner, and I think he'll probably grade out the highest. I was just trying to point out that he is not the only – he's not the savior at corner right now, and he's not going to become Jalen Ramsey against UNLV. So I was just trying to point that out. I think Martel Height is really good, though. Trudeau Berry, I think, is the guy to watch more in terms of maybe getting more playing time. But if you want to argue Billy's point, I think you look at Cedric Alexander today, who I think is probably their best back, but was outperformed by Patrick Smith significantly and probably the same amount of carries today. Yeah. So it's not always the clear answer, even if you think the guy's better. I talked to Cedric Alexander this week. I did a story on him. I think he's the answer at running back, but young guys aren't always quite uh, as great as they are, as great as they seem to be early in yeah. their career at yeah. times. They flash, but sometimes it's not consistent performance. Also, Jalen Mahoney, you mentioned. I thought Jalen Mahoney was pretty good today. Made a few plays in the end zone. Could have got called for P.I. for him. But Jalen Mahoney made plays today, and I don't think he's a guy who deserves a whole lot of blame. We'll see the pro football focus grade. But him and Hyde, I think, are bright spots in that secondary. The rest obviously has to catch up, though. Yeah, I thought Jalen played better. You know, through two games, he was, I don't want to say invisible, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't he wasn't making plays the way he was today for, through the first couple games. So yeah. they, they've got it. A common theme here, Joey, we start saying, hey, this guy played well today, but we didn't see him play well last week. So consistently, week in, week out, getting an entire position group to play well, they haven't done that yet, right? And it's week three. It's week week two, right? It's not even week three yet. Uh, Brian Johnson, thanks for the comment. Thank you guys for the post-game show. This is the best post-game coverage we have ever had. Keep up the great work. That's thanks, Brian. Uh, love, love to hear that. Uh, Clay Phillips, UNLV, 
exception remaining games are tough. Yeah. I mean, other than UNLV, I might even throw UNLV in there. I don't know a ton about UNLV. I know their head coach is Barry Odom, who was in the SEC. He coached at Missouri. He didn't do great at Missouri, but, I mean, he's he's a solid football coach. He's going to have his team ready to play next week. Vanderbilt should still win. I think that might be a game of the fourth quarter. They start to impose their will. I know we're already talking about UNLV here, but um, I might even throw UNLV as just as big of a challenge as going down to Florida or playing Kentucky at home. I don't know. I mean, I don't know about that, but- I mean, you, you never know it, because Vanderbilt struggled with Hawaii, right? They struggled in the first half against Alabama and really for three quarters. So UNLV very well could compete with Vanderbilt for four quarters. I, I mean, we don't know. Again, and again, we haven't studied UNLV, so we don't know. I might change my mind tomorrow, you know. Um, but we'll see. But other than UNLV, every other game is tough. Right at Florida, maybe not as tough as you thought it might be, but Florida's a good team. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many games they win with that performance today. Probably not a whole lot. Yeah, I don't think they beat anybody except for maybe UNLV with that performance today. And even that is going to be challenging in its own right. Maybe not because of the opponent as much, but because of the environment. Playing in an NFL stadium, they're doing a walkthrough. I know, and that's the only game they're going to do a walkthrough for in the stadium. So it's a different environment. It's not quite the swamp. It probably won't be as loud. It uh, probably won't be as loud as some of those away games. But that's a unique environment and a unique challenge for this team that I think it has to not sleepwalk for. I don't think it will, but it's obviously worth noting that that's a unique challenge in its own way. And uh, it'll be interesting to see that performance, though. Probably doesn't get it done in a whole lot of games. Maybe yeah. if another team doesn't bring it, you get one or two like that. Can't make the mistakes Vanderbilt made, and I sound like a broken record because I am. I'm like an old man, but Vanderbilt was uh, not great today in a lot of areas that it needed to be a lot better in. Yeah, we've also got uh, Ben Elrod. He commented in here, leading tacklers were C.J. Taylor, an anchor, Dericky Wright, a safety, and Savion Riley, a safety. Yeah, I thought he played well. I thought he played well today. That's never a good sign, he says. I don't know about that. I mean – those are the guys that are making the tackles. I don't know if that's never a good sign. Yeah. Um, but I thought to Ricky Wright, you know, he, I mean, he didn't pop, but he didn't play poorly. Yeah. I mean, I thought the safeties came up and they made a lot of those saving tackles on those runs. So yeah. Mahoney and on that 73 yard run. Yes. Yes. He tried to punch the ball out. And then Mahoney, I think, tried to punch the ball out too, but he was actually able to make the tackle too. Um, and that's the careless, carelessness, right? Instead of trying to punch the ball out, you know, I think Clark would rather see him go make just make the tackle, mm-hmm. right? So there's there's some lapses in in focus that this team has to focus on, right? And and study and learn from. Uh, let's see, that's pretty much it, Joey. Uh, again, thank you guys for for checking in. Hunter says, I don't know if we will play this bad all year, and that is definitely a positive. I th- I think that's a good point, Joey. You, you make a good point saying. You know, they might beat Alabama A and M playing this bad. It, it would probably be close. I, I don't know that. They would have beat Alabama and by a decent amount, I think. Yeah. Who knows? But Hawaii, I don't know that they beat Hawaii with this performance. I, I mean, I don't think so. So, and the same goes for SEC teams. You're not going to beat a single SEC team with this performance. And I think Vanderbilt knows that. So, Joey, again, thank you to everybody for chiming in for your comments and questions. Hopefully, we get some post viewers here, people, whether you're in your car. You know, get back home. Um, I know 
Texas, Alabama's coming up. I think Tennessee and uh, and uh, Austin P were delayed, so there's some more games tonight. But hopefully, you guys are able to get this post game show in whenever you can, whether it's tomorrow or Monday. You know, we'll have it up on the podcast feed. Again, thank you to our four sponsors: Maynard Nexon Government Contracts Group, the Wash House. Log on to washhouseclean.com. That's washhouseclean.com to get all your dirty laundry uh, cleaned up. Sutherland and Belk. Family-owned injury law firm, best in the business. I mean, they have been the longest-running sponsor of andysports.com, so support those that support us. Also, Murfreesboro Pure Milk Company. I legitimately might go get some ice cream tonight. I mean, I'm going to grab dinner, but I might I might get some ice cream too. I'm just saying Murfreesboro Pure Milk and Purity Dairy, Haagen-Dazs, all those ice cream flavors, we might go get some. Billy, you're driving, so I don't I don't have a say. You got it. Yeah, you have to if I'm getting it. Uh, I know Chris is probably having some tonight as well. Um, Oreo. Oreo was... Oreo was electric. She, the video Chris posted of Oreo was hilarious. She was ready. She was ready for college football. Um, again, Chris was not in attendance today, but we really tried to give you guys some good coverage. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Again, thank you to everybody that hopped in. And uh, we will see you guys next week. We'll be doing the post-game show virtually. Um, we will not be going to Vegas. No, no interest in going to Vegas, uh, but we will have a post-game. Well, I, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. We there might, there no, might, no funds for Vegas. No funds. There might be an interest, be but, an interest. but uh, there, it's not possible. Um, but, yeah, Joey, again, thanks for everybody for joining we wanted to make this good coverage. Uh, we will see you guys next week. We'll have all the same content next week heading into the UNLV matchup. Once again, final score from a legacy stadium right behind us in Winston-Salem. Wake Forest beats Vandy 36-20. to For Joey Dwyer, I'm Billy Derrick. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. We'll see you next week.